There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. I'm Emily. And we're past season eight. Yeah, we're in season nine now. Oh, God, it's a palate cleanse, getting away from that massive story. We're not even really with Buffy anymore. We're with Angel and Faith. Yep. Angel has been retitled Angel and Faith, and Buffy continues to just be regular old Buffy. Both with Buffy and Angel, the whole season is going under the heading of season nine, even though for Angel, it's more like season seven. Whatever. Unless you want to count like those two years we don't see anything from when they're making movies about Angel. Sure. Maybe he had two seasons of adventures we never found out about. We'll call them that. But throughout this entire season, what we're going to do is we're going to go back like it was back in the day, baby. We're going to do one and then the other. We'll do an angel, then we'll do a Buffy. Then we'll do an angel, and, you know, you get the gist. So on and so forth. Not issue by issue, arc by arc. Yeah. Just so we're clear. Which, for the most part, works. It's going to create a couple of hiccups with continuity, but very few. It's just easier to address it like this. And we have a creative team change. What we have for this season is we have writer Christos Gage... And artists, Rebecca Isaacs. Both of these two are going to become two of my favorites working on this thing overall. And this almost sounds like I'm nagging a little bit, but I don't mean it like that. They both get exponentially better as things go, but they also start really strong too. That's not to take away from this, but as things move on, they both get better. Yeah, I liked the stuff in here. I had no, I had zero complaints about the writing or the art. Christos Gage especially, he seems to know the world fairly well. And he also has the character voices down, which... A lot of times when you have people coming in to pre-established properties like this is usually the big hurdle is getting the character voice right. Yeah. But just a couple of talking points before we start diving into the season. The season is going to pick up a couple of months after season eight ended. And it's very much a direct continuation of everything that just happened in Buffy. And I'm of two minds of this. You can either look at it as, yay, it's a positive thing. The story is very connected and we're moving on from familiar territory. Or you could say the season never really finds footing of its own because it's so directly tied into what happened before. So far, with all of Buffy and Angel, there's never been a super direct continuation of an entire season. They've always been a little more standalone. So, I don't know, take it as you will. Yeah, kind of the big bad has been taken care of and then that resolves all the issues. And there's a new big bad. Yeah, and then there's a new one. Whereas this one, we're kind of dealing with the fallout from the last one, which feels much more realistic in a way. Yeah, like I said, you can really read it either way. You know what? Make up your own mind. It's fine. Thus, we begin on our first arc of this season. It's called Live Through This. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. One never knows. We probably will. Spoiler alert, it's called Angel and Faith, so probably our titular characters are going to be fine during the first arc of their brand new what is this called? Season? Yeah. They have their own season now? Yes. Okay. I was, I'm more meant us. Oh, are we going to live through this? I could die of a heart attack. Well, I guess either of us could. It'd be weird, though. It'd be weird to have that on audio. It'd be weird if we released it. Who would release it? It's not like I know how to do any of this. Uh, so it only works if you die. I get to release the audio. Okay, great. But our season opens up with Giles. <gasps> He's alive! Yay! He's not. He's dead. This is a it's flashback. From the, it's from the journal of Rupert Giles. Like, it just starts out that way. Yeah, and for time placement, I'm going to say that this would have to take place sometime within season six 
of Buffy after Giles leaves and goes to England. Yeah, because Faith's nowhere in this, so it couldn't be after he met up with Faith. And it doesn't seem to be involving the Slayers or anything. I think this has to be season six of Buffy, would be my guess. Now, throughout this, as much as I like it, as much as I think 95% is accurate, I'm going to nitpick because, hey, that's what I do. True. And we open with Giles in a little girl's room, and this little girl has tentacles spewing from her mouth. She's possessed by a demon, and Giles has a giant mystical shield in front of him, a la the recent Doctor Strange movie. Wow, it really is. I never even noticed that. But this one's blue. Yeah, except Giles never had anywhere near that level of mystical ability. He had abilities, but never to the level that's going to be portrayed here. So I guess we're just going to have to roll with he learned a lot during that time he went to England by himself. Or maybe we can say that the coven that gave him powers when he fought Willow gave him powers to do this as well. Sure. Making excuses. And so Giles is talking about... (laughs) Page one. Complete. Page one. So we're talking about how Giles, he's saying that he never had kids because he has spent enough time dealing with other people's kids, like this little girl. And also just because... He's not really sure he's going to live through anything, ever. And Buffy. He had to deal with Buffy. He had to deal with Buffy. Buffy is a terrible student. She's very difficult. And so is Xander. And so is Faith. Oz and Willow were good. Willow was good. No, Oz had, like, genius-level aptitude tests. Didn't he also, like, have to stay back because he didn't... Do anything, yes. Do anything? (laughs) Yes, he did. So, yeah, no. He doesn't count as good student material. That was just plot convenience. Come on. That's fine. But, but it, still. It kind of worked for him as a slacker. Yeah. So we see Giles using more magic than he ever displayed in the show, suppressing the demon within the little girl. And we find out that it requires an anchoring spell to bind this demon and that there is a sacrifice involved. And the sacrifice is not necessarily human, but that demon takes away one of the best days of Giles's life and he can't remember it. So he doesn't take the day away, he just takes the memory away from Giles. Takes the memory away. Giles says he doesn't know what it is, because it's a memory, but he knows that he feels more empty not having it in him. Which is terribly sad. And Giles promises to this young girl's mother that for as long as he'll live, the spell will be intact and he'll protect her no matter what. Whoopsie daisy, you remember what happened to Giles last season? Yeah, Um, and Giles also swears that if something happens, somebody will come back to rescue them. Thus, we cut to the next page. I want to say smash cut. And who is rescuing this little girl and her mother but... Smash cut to Angel and Faith. And we're back in the same predicament we were in before. Little girl is levitating, tentacles coming out of her mouth. She has a huge mouth. She is possessed by a tentacle demon. I still feel like her jaw is broken. In twain, even. That's really your biggest issue, is how wide her mouth is open, not the fact that there are bright red tentacles coming out of her mouth. No, my real big issue is this is the shortest catatonic state ever. Angel is back, baby. Yes, so Angel and Faith, shocking that the titular characters, I should stop saying that, but it's a fun word to say. And it's Angel and Faith, obviously, who are here. They're hacking, slashing, and all around bashing this demon. So Faith is saying that she thinks slash hopes that Angel can do this because... If anybody can come out of a catatonic state and start punching demons, it's Angel. And Angel's inner mongol is, ah, I can't do this. And we find out that they can't actually kill the demon inside of the little girl. So they're going to force it out. 
So this demon being the giant prick it is, they're like, your master was a mage and even he couldn't kill me. And Angel goes very angel. He's like, Charles wasn't my master. I snapped his neck like a twig, bitch. And he says that all in demon face. And then he bites the little girl's neck, shockingly. Also not quite the dialogue I used. No, I'm just going to gloss over that. The word would be called a small child a bitch. It would be. And as Angel bites the demon, it expels itself from the little girl, afraid that Angel will actually kill the host and thereby kill the demon. And so the demon says that he's going to either make Angel or his cow his new host. His cow meaning Faith, not wise words from the demon. Faith is having none of that. So they start, once again, hacking and slashing, just trying to take as many pieces off. And Angel is splattered with a bit of the blood from the demon, which reveals the memory that Giles gave up. Because the demon died, just so we're clear. They found its brain and they killed it. Yeah, well, Faith hits it and just goes, Gusher! And it just hits Angel in the face. Yeah, it's real gross. Do you remember Gushers? Are those still around? I do remember Gushers. I don't know if they're still around or not, but those I... Those were super gross. They were awesome. I... Did you like Dunkaroos? Yes. Because it was cookies and frosting? Yeah, not Gushers. Gushers are nasty. Weird. But after Angel is hit with this Gusher, not the candy... He gets the memory that Giles had to give up, and it's the day that he fell in love with Jenny Calendar, which is a memory that we've never actually seen before. It was never on the show. So Angel has this moment of reliving killing Jenny and then reliving killing Giles, both not really of his own power, but... I really like it. We didn't get to see it specifically in season eight, but the show is panel next to panel of how these two deaths mirror each other. And Rebecca Isaacs went to a lot of painstaking effort to make it match up exactly yeah in both cases it looks really good as good as two deaths can look cracking gross but angel goes over to the mother looking for his just rewards and she's like you bit my daughter and he's like sorry yeah and she just goes so did did giles send you and faith acknowledges she's like yeah he did so angel's guilt obviously comes out here because What would Angel be without his guilt? I don't know. He'd be wearing a nice plaid. You think Angel would wear plaid? You don't even wear plaid. You're not nearly as broody as Angel. You giggle all the time. But the two of them walk away from the crime scene, and Faith is happy to bring us up to speed with some exposition. Yeah, there's a lot of writing on this page. Quick gist, Angel was catatonic. Faith was feeding him blood out of a sippy cup and reading him the Watcher files that Giles had kept for some reason. Plot convenient, I guess. Yeah, it works for me. I didn't really mind it. Seems like the kind of things that that Giles would have done anyway. Read Angel Bedtime Stories? Oh no, I meant keep the Watcher's files. Oh yeah, he totally. I mean, he had his own diaries. Yeah. And then Faith reading him the Watcher's files. I can see her trying to do anything to try to bring Angel back. But Faith says she needs to leave. Oh, by the way, they're over in England. We didn't establish that. Right. We're very British throughout this entire season. And we cut to a girl we've never seen before named Nadira. And she's walking along not the nicest of places, and she's just saying that it's gotten more dangerous in this part of London, and then all of a sudden, a figure jumps out at her, and she screams, and she tries to stake Faith. Because this girl's a slayer. Yep, and Faith, we find, has trained these slayers who live in London to protect themselves and to generally be up on slayerness. And Faith takes Nadira to a bar. She's like, hey, so what's up with you going psycho on me? And Nadira retells her origin story. And basically what it was is that 
Nadira used to be with a group of about 30 slayers, I think. Back when they had platoons. Back when they had platoons. And these two demon-type creatures appeared. They're well-dressed. Well-dressed, yes. One of them has, like, laser eyes, and the other one has, like, lightning swords. Yep. And these two characters are Pearl and Nash. And just to kind of put a little bit up front, these two are twins. They look relatively humanoid, but not quite. Their skin is a bit paler, green eyes, white hair. You know. And, you know, all that mystical lasering. Yeah. And we find out that they were working for Twilight, who was watching on this whole thing. And that as Pearl and Nash killed all of these slayers, they seemed to gain power from their suffering. But Twilight just flying and watching them from afar. Again, I harped on this last season. Not super angel-like. Not even super angel-like pretending to be something that he's not. He's watching dozens of slayers being murdered. He's just like, no, no, no. I can hover. Right, because the idea is that he didn't really embody Twilight until... Towards the the end. fiery lion... Also named Twilight. ...looked into his soul and whatever. So, this is an odd moment for a lot of reasons. I don't like it. I liked the idea of Angel trying to push forces in a certain direction. But the idea of him just, like, hanging around watching people being killed and being like, Good. This is good. I'm making smart choices. Right, because kind of the the portrayal of Twilight when he's talking to Buffy and being like, look, this had to happen this way because of X, Y, and Z. Part of that is that he was saying that he was trying to minimize the number of slayers that were killed. Let alone watching a bunch of them get off. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. So Nadira tells Faith that she knows that Angel was Twilight and she's gonna have to kill him. And Faith's like, cool. I definitely don't know him. By the by. Luckily, Faith is just kind of mysterious enough that she can get away with not really answering. And then in another part of England, we meet our big bads for the season. And they're introduced to us by Whistler. We talked about Whistler last time a little bit. Yeah, you remember Whistler? He was like in two episodes in Buffy season two. He was supposed to be Doyle, but then he wasn't. I do. I do remember him. And what I like about him is he opens with dialogue that he used right out of season two. Because I guess he just says this to everyone. It's a pretty good line, so I guess it's kind of like the thing that if you write a really good sentence, you end up trying to reuse it. He's like a stand-up, but like you assume that when you go from like city to city, those other people haven't heard that joke, and you can just keep using the same material. Yeah, I bet. The big moments are going to come. Can't help that. It's what you do after that counts. That's when you find out who you are. And we see that the people he's saying this to are Pearl and Nash. And they've killed everybody else in the bar. And the idea is that Whistler is going to put them on the path to taking down Angel. Ever since Magic left the world, he has no connections to the powers that be, and his ability to see in the future has been cut off, and he needs to return balance to the world. Pearl and Nash don't seem like the most level-headed folks, though. I know. That doesn't make a ton of sense, but that's the justification we're given. Faith returns to Giles' house where she's living now, because he left it in her will, and Angel's living there, too. Freeloader. Whatever. He was in a catatonic state. What was he going to do? Pay rent. Okay. And Faith confronts him about the whole Pearl and Nash thing. And he's like, I don't know. I don't remember that. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. I was kind of under Twilight's influence. Which, as we're going to get to later in this arc, Angel mentions that he remembers every person he's ever killed. But with this, he's like, I don't know. I guess. Maybe. Well, technically, he didn't personally kill these people. That's very un-Angel-like. And in four issues, he's going to contradict that. Yeah. This... 
is by far the most tenuous part of this whole arc is setting up Angel's connection to Pearl and Nash that maybe he was with them. Like, yeah, he was, but... You almost feel like they should have shown up last season. They do feel a little... Arbitrary? To become the big bads? Maybe you should have been there to see them. Yeah. And Angel tries to justify this, which I do like this attempt to try and bring everything in. He's like, you haven't seen what I have. I was in Los Angeles and they all went to hell. Remember after the fall? I do, yeah, thanks. Good thing that we're going to not remember all of After the Fall later in this arc. Also, he said, and no one remembers now, but I do. But the whole point is that everybody remembers. Everyone remembers After the Fall to the point where multiple movies were made about it. Oh, well. One of them was a four-part series, and another one starred Nicolas Cage. They weren't and the Cameron same one. Diaz. No, one of them was Last Angel in Hell, and then there were the Twinkle series. The Twinkle series. Remember, like, part three of a four-part trilogy or something? I do. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, everyone definitely remembers a series of major motion pictures plus another standalone minimum. But it's Angel, so he'd like to say that he's the only who remembers it. Or maybe he just doesn't want anyone to talk to him about it. Maybe. There are a lot of show references in this. There's a couple After the Fall references. I'm not super convinced anyone actually read After the Fall. and Just got kind of a general gist of it. Like, eh, LA went to hell for a bit. Yeah, I think that's more like it. Because this is a contradiction, and we're going to get another one not too far from now. And Angel says that he was told that everything would be like after the fall, so that he had to become Twilight. And he ended up having to work with Pearl and Nash because he wanted to avoid the apocalypse after the fall future. He just didn't want to go back to IDW, okay? But even Faith thinks it's kind of a weak excuse. And she's like, ugh, we need a Giles to figure out all of this like non-magical world. And you're not him. You can't take his place. And Angel's like, take his place? I don't want to take his place. I'm going to bring Giles back to life. Dun, dun, dun. (sighs) Then this issue ends. Yeah, this is incredibly frustrating. Not from a story point of view. If anything, this is 100% Angel. And that's why it's frustrating. It's frustrating that he's back to being himself. Because this is what his mistake last year was, and his mistake before that was, and his mistake before that was. The guy who tries to do the big thing to fix everything and just makes it worse. He's a moth. He's a moth running into a bug light. Just keeps hitting it time and time again. Yeah. Expecting a different result. Angel's an idiot. He is. So from a story point of view, it's perfect. It's 100% Angel. But from just watching him do this thing, you're like, God damn it, again? Yeah, and the worst part is that No one else sees this except for the reader enough, or the watcher, rather, the viewer. Well, Faith sees it, too. I guess she does. Angel doesn't. He's just like, I'm going to keep doing the same thing I always do. Always goes well. (laughs) Yeah. but I'm going to atone for my sins. It's the same idea every time, but it's a technically different action. I think that's where Angel's problem comes in. So, Faith gives him a horrified look, and we move on. To our next issue. We move over to the london slayers with faith and they are in a fight they're trying to get this briefcase away from a demon who has stolen it and i really like this creature design i wish we saw more of him it's the skull with ram horns attached and his chest is kind of looks like this toothy mouth that leads into this empty endless void he's a really cool looking character i wish we saw more of him too bad we won't after this issue but we find out that some demons have chosen to start using guns yep nadira starts to chase down someone with this briefcase of an unknown object by the way nadira's here hi 
Bye, Nadira. Yeah. We're going to stop saying that real soon. It's going to turn into, go away, Nadira. Well, for right now, we're fine with seeing her. Her shtick gets old real quick. And as Nadira turns a corner, a vampire shoots her in the leg. Yeah, and he's like, your cute little medieval weapons don't stand against a semi-automatic, which is fair. They wouldn't. I agree with him. I know. I don't know why nobody else thought of this before this moment. Like, the rules have changed. Like, guns were always there. You could have used them. But then Angel sneaks out from the alley, chops that guy's head off, gets dusted, life is good, but no one knows that it was Angel because, as we previously mentioned, Nadira and her cronies would really much like to kill Angel. No one likes Angel right now. No. Faith is fine-ish with him. Faith likes him. You know, Faith doesn't want to kill him. I don't know if she likes him. I think she likes him. But they open up the briefcase and they find a vial of rancid blood. Yes. That is smashed open. And Faith's like, I'm going to take this with me. I'm going to go figure it out because I know a lot of stuff. Bye. In her head, she's like, I don't know a lot of stuff. No. But she meets Angel on a rooftop. Because that's Angel's favorite place to be is a rooftop. Yep. It's like, I gotta get a long coat. Preferably a gentle breeze to make it billow. And Faith is like, I legitimately think you lost your mind because you're trying to bring back Giles from a natural death. And also you're getting next to slayers that want to kill you. You're not as strong as them. And Angel's like, yeah, well, whatever about the slayer situation. But about Giles, there's a million ways that Wolfram and Hart used to bring people back from the dead. We'll just use one of those on Giles, and life will be great. We'll be all done. Yeah. Angel and Faith both cover pre-established show lore that people who have died a natural death can't be brought back from the dead. Except Angel claims that the way that Giles died, even though it was with the next snap, wasn't actually natural because of all of the twilight interference. Yeah, it really just depends on your definition of what a natural death is. Does it need to have no magical involvement whatsoever? Does it need to be just that magic didn't actually kill you? We're not really clear on that. And Faith decides that she is all done with this because Angel brings up the fact that they're going to have to dig up Giles. And she's like, and I'm all done. And Angel stops her. He's like, but Faith, it wasn't natural. We'll know how to bring Giles back because the Watcher files will tell us how. And Faith is like, you think you can put a soul back together? He's not a car engine. Yeah. And Faith is a little bit offended because it wasn't anything that she did to bring Angel out of his relatively short catatonic state. It was this drive to bring giles back to think that he could atone again god he's one note well oh well but we love him for it i have to atone for my sins because what else am i going to do blah 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 and then faith has quite the inner monologue as she's thinking about what do i do to help angel here because he's been the one to help me when things got really dark so i want to turn around and help him but how do i best support him is it by supporting this whole trying to bring back Giles thing? Is it just by telling him that it's crazy and trying to get him out of it? And she doesn't know what to do. But she decides she at least needs the human room to see where this is going. So the two of them go to a demon bar where, here's a weird thing, Angel seems to know everybody. How? Because I guess the demon community is not that large. Sure it is. I'm going with my version of reality. The last time he went to Europe was to go to the deeper well... That didn't exactly go great. No. And as far as we know, the time before that was when he got dropped off in a sub in World War II. And the time before that was when he came to America. So why does he know everyone in this English bar if he was just catatonic? Word spreads quickly? I don't know. It's a good point. 
doesn't make sense. No. But he goes in there, tries to bust some heads to get some information about what's going on, how can he bring Giles back, and more importantly, he wants to know more about that rancid blood that Faith found in that case. So he goes and finds a demon named Kurth, not to be confused with Kurp. Wow, thank you. I am all done saying that name. I am going to put a moratorium on using that one. Is it come back recently? Nope, and I don't think I'll ever have a reason to bring it up again. Perfect. I am so glad to be done with that one. Perfect. Didn't really need to do it now, but I chose to, so I guess it's my own fault. Yeah. And Kurth is like, I don't know, I think about this blood, and thanks to you, I know this Britishism. He tells Angel to fuck off with his fingers. Yeah. The The British equivalent of the middle finger. Yeah. But he doesn't make the face that I always needed to accompany it so that I would know that it was something bad. Otherwise, I thought it was just two. And I was like, two what? Two... Two hellos? Like, what are we doing here? That'd be the equivalent of me flipping someone off and being like, one what? Yes. Yes. It was equally confusing. So, surprise, this demon can grow an extra hand out of the middle of his back. Very impractical location for a hand. True, but Angel then rips it off for him as like a public service, slash so he can track his blood. And then we get some anarchy in the UK. And basically just the whole bar turns into a brawl. Yeah, one of them says, I'm an anarchist. You also don't get my Sex Pistols reference. I didn't understand it. That's fine. It reminded me of that scene in Cool Runnings when they're in the bar. So Angel smacks this anarchist with the demon's arm that he removed. And him and Faith basically beat down a whole bar that leaves them with black eyes and blood everywhere. And that's not a good thing. So since the demon has a stump of an arm coming out of his back, Angel has this grand idea that he can track the demon through smelling his blood. Because Angel has super smell. Yes. And well established. And we don't really deal with why he's trying to find this particular demon quite yet, but we'll get there very quickly. But we have here, as I think, is a relatively indirect callback, which I appreciate. Faith confronts Angel in what I think is a subtle callback. You're like, what are you doing? This is more violent than you usually get. I think that you've gotten worse since you became Twilight. And I think this is calling back to season three of Angel when he ripped off a demon's arm and killed this whole like death metal band. You know, because he was feeding on Connor's blood at the time unknowingly and it was making him more ruthless. I mean, it makes sense. So this is either a really good, subtle callback or an accident, and either way it works really well for me. Yeah, totally. So we find that Angel has tracked three-armed Kurth back to an alleyway where he was meeting up with somebody to purchase something to heal his arm. Something that we've seen before. Way back in Angel Season 1, Episode 8, I Will Remember You, slash one of the saddest episodes ever. Yes. And Kurth is purchasing Moira blood. And Angel is happy to tell Faith all about the Moira blood. Quick gist of it is that it can heal anything, including bringing people back from the dead. Angel had it mixed with his own blood and he turned back into a human for one day where him and Buffy got to spend the perfect day together, except then he realized he couldn't protect her or anyone else. And they had a bunch of sex. And then he went to the powers that be and turned back the clock so he could become a vampire again. And Buffy doesn't remember any of it. But he remembers all of it. Yeah. And I like Faith. She's like, I missed a whole episode. I missed a whole season. Faith, you were in that season. Not till later on. Much later. It's It's still funny. It is kind of funny. And because Angel knows that this blood has the power to resurrect the dead. So you know what? Angel's plan, not awful. I mean, you know, it's kid-tested vampire approved. 
Now I want to eat kicks. And Angel being Angel dives through the skylight with Faith to confront the ramhorn demon about the Moira blood. So they start trying to beat up all of the demons who are in this particular area. Faith sets them on fire. It's a good time. Angel snaps some necks. Things are looking pretty good. And the ramhorn demon gives up the name of Frazier. Frazier is the one who has the Moira blood supply. And Angel, who has been beat to a pulp, turns on Vampire Lemon Face. And, you know, lucky for him, all of his wounds disappear. Yeah. So that's a fun new trick. Right. And that should be something that would make somebody like Faith very happy. Except that Faith is dwelling on the fact that they're still trying to bring Giles back from the dead. And she knows that that is the last thing that Giles would have wanted. And she has a flashback. She's like, you can't bring someone back from the dead. Giles told me so. And we flash back to when Faith and Giles were off having their adventures in Europe together that ended up in Germany. Faith is wearing a Batman shirt, so yay on Faith. And the gist of the idea is that Faith is trying to figure out a way to go back and atone for some of the mistakes that she made when she was younger, that she's trying to figure out how to turn back time or how to do something. I could turn back time. It's been in my head since for quite some time now. I don't remember when. But Faith is trying to go back and... Undo some of her murders. Yeah, unkill the people, basically, by either saving the people or going back to relive everything from that point on. It doesn't seem to matter to her as long as it'll happen. Faith doesn't really care about unkilling the deputy mayor that she accidentally staked in the alley with Buffy, mostly because he was working for the mayor and that dude was evil. Right. But she wants to go back and save Professor Worth. Professor Worth was a pretty quick kill in Buffy. It didn't last very long. We only met that guy for like a scene that was Faith killing him. It was because he knew information about how to take out the mayor when he transcended into being a giant snake. Right. I forgot about that. Even Giles mentioned that. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot about Professor Worth. And Faith is like, yeah, so does everybody else. Yeah. Which is true. Faith killed an innocent. I mean, the deputy mayor, evil. Professor Worth, professor. Exactly. And And his life had worth. And so terrible yes so faith is talking to giles and trying to problem solve a way around this and giles is like look you just gotta live with it there's some mistakes that can't be undone like killing you have to own what you did and and you can atone for them by your current and future actions but you can't go back so faith gets the brilliant idea in her head if they're gonna go find some more moira blood based on our conversations with giles that she is going to turn angel human again And this time there are no powers that are going to be able to undo the clock. Perfect. And as part three of this continues, we see that Angel has tracked down Frasier, because he knows everybody, for some reason. And yet another bar, and Faith is just punching people. It's a good time. Yeah, it seems to be her favorite thing to do in a bar. And Frasier basically says that he's not going to be giving it up, and they can leave. And Angel chooses to. Yeah. Which is very un-Angel-like. Angel's like, look, you already made such a big deal of it that everybody knows that he has this Moira blood. So what is the point of hanging around to have him taunt us more with it, basically? And the idea is they're going to follow him so they can... Find his distributor. Yeah. And then I need to just take a quick second here to point out continuity errors. Oi, they. That's what I do. Yes, it is. I don't know why Dark Horse doesn't hire me as an editor. I thought you were going to start off by saying, I don't know why I'm so nitpicky. No. I was going to say, I don't know either. I'm sure I know this better than them. I'm sure you do too. But Angel and Faith are on a rooftop, as you do. Yep. 
And Faith asks Angel why he doesn't consider using the Moira blood on himself, become human again. And he's like, because situation hasn't changed. I still can't save people if I'm human. And she's like, yeah, but Giles told me all about this prophecy where you get to become exactly that again. Also, when did Giles find out about the Shanshu prophecy? Unclear. I guess him and Wesley had phone conversations? I guess so. But Angel says to Faith, and this is our, hey, I read some of After the Fall, but not all of it. The Shanshu prophecy is kind of off the table. Anyways, there's always an apocalypse. Hey, remember the part where Wolverine and Hart never actually filed the prophecy and it's back on board and Angel is destined to take down all that is good? Oh, yeah. And put a lot of heads on pikes? That was the imagery? Oh, yeah. I remember that. What? I like the heads on pikes imagery the best. Did you? That's yeah. very unlike you. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, no, it reminded me of, like, Game of Thrones, but the book, not... I just like how many pikes there were and how much time Angel took to put, like, 300 heads on a stick. Did heads on pikes happen in Redwall? It feels very violent for Redwall, but... Couldn't tell you. Mice heads. Yeah. So, we're not going to really deal with the Shanshu prophecy a lot more. It's going to come up once or twice more in total. But it's totally not off the table. Or Angel's lying. I'm making excuses for this book that definitely aren't there. Meanwhile, Faith is just trying to convince Angel that he has something to stay stay alive. i don't even know to say live for but live for seems like the wrong choice of words well faith's argument to herself is that angel has done enough good that he can have peace in his life that he did enough good even before killing giles that the scales are more than balanced out in his favor i mean realistically probably not he had like eight years of not being the worst and like 200 plus of either being drunk murdery or drunk again yeah not great i don't think those eight years balance the scales that much but faith finds out that angel is very very stubborn i don't know what it's like to deal with somebody who's stubborn do you finds out more like has to deal with the fact now that he's very very stubborn but angel and faith are on a fact-finding mission to find out who fraser has been giving this moira blood to and they questioned families and friends alike of people who have received this Moira blood. Some of them say that things worked out fine, and other ones are like, I don't know where they are. Maybe they're, you know, off-ruining their life like they were before, or maybe they're dead. We don't really know. And so Faith goes, we need somebody to sort this all out. We need a Giles. And Angel's like, yep, that's kind of the point of this whole thing for me. So they go and they find one of Giles's friends. Convenient. Whose name is Alistair. Alistair? Alistair, yeah. Alistair. And he's just saying, you must be Rupert's friends. Come in, please. Except... Rupert had so many friends in their mid-twenties. Yeah. Anyway. So we found out that this guy has kind of a cool house. And basically he is the... Stanton Giles. Yeah, kind of the resident keeper of knowledge. Both magical and non-magical. And he also likes to collect magical artifacts that are left over now that the magic is gone from the world. Hey, that's gonna come back. That's why I mentioned it. Alistair explains that, you know, more information about the Moira demon that we already knew if we watched Angel. And he mentions the fact that the demon has to eat its weight in salt every day. It's like, you can hide illegal gambling and auctions, but you can't hide salt shipments. That's a lot of salt. So track the salt, which is an underground strategy that no one has ever said before. Track the salt. No, but this is actually a really good idea. They need to rim a lot of margaritas. Track the salt. So Faith takes a call that is from the Slayer girls who obviously don't know that she's with Angel right now. 
And she has to run off to go save them from a bar in which... Nadira has started a drunken brawl. So Faith gives everyone in the bar a free beer. Everybody's distracted. She gets the girls outside. Basically, she's like, what is up with you, Nadira? Well, I like Faith. She's so pissed off. She's like, back in the day, I just would have shown everyone my jugs. I'm not sure if I've matured or if I'm just getting used to being rich. I think it's probably the getting used to being rich part. I think so, too. And Nadira's drunk. She's like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen the darkness. And Faith's like, shut up, idiot. And as the other Slayer girls kind of gather up Nadira's drunken ass, Faith decides to leave because she's freaked out that one of them called her the adult. And she's like, oh, hoo hoo, no. I have those moments, don't you? I run a comic book store. I have those moments, then. One of us has them. And as Faith is leaving, she finds Alistair. And we find out that Alistair has kind of followed her here, or I guess there's no kind of about it. He has followed her here. And he's like, look, you've really got to talk to Angel here because I'm afraid that he's going to try to bring back Rupert. That's why you guys came to me, right? And she's like, well, I don't know. And he's like, I don't even care that you're trying to lie to me right now. Just honestly, don't do that. Terrible idea. And he's like, you're clearly the responsible one of the pair. She's like, why does everyone keep saying this? He's like, because you are. You made yourself. So Angel and Faith break their way into a fancy party auction combo. Yep. Seems I like, like a nice auction. Let's go to that one. They tracked the salt shipments to this one London compound where Angel walks in in vampire face and Faith walks in in a dress. And the two of them believe this is some kind of disguise. Faith has had tabloids written about her, Angel has had multiple movies, and they think that just looking slightly different than normal will act as a disguise. They read Superman. It actually works. Yeah, it does. It I'm, doesn't come up one bit. It, I'm just calling it out for being dumb. They read Superman. That's all. And the two of them go to the auction house to buy vials of Moira blood, and some of the demons there are like, Oi, show us the goods, eh, mates? Because, by the way, they're, terrible accent. Terrible. they're British terrible and so the demons start yelling at these two owners and they're saying we need to see what we're buying before we buy it you need to demonstrate that this blood actually works and what it does and they wheel out a moira demon strapped to a rock with definitely magic containing him but let's not deal with that yeah and as soon as the demon is pulled out faith and angel take out their swords and just start removing heads left right and center and they also remove the demon from his bindings so yep. that the demon can help them. Because they're like, look, there's too many people. We can't just fight our way out of here. We're going to need your help. And what does the demon do immediately? Kill himself. Yep. He hits the gem in the middle of his forehead, which is the only way to kill the Moira demon, as previously established in Angel. So fun, quick fact, what I just want to do with that one episode. So the Moira gets stronger, like, you know, it almost dies, then it becomes stronger after that. Angel thinks he kills it and... The demon comes back stronger the next time. They replace the actor with a guy who is like two inches taller than the first actor. Yeah. It is visually like you would have no idea unless you knew they did that. There is no indication that he is actually like two inches taller than before. Just looks like a guy in a suit. Huh. Weird. So the last Moira demon in this dimension is dead and... That makes the supply of his blood that much more valuable. So Frasier couldn't be happier. Is that really his name, Frasier? Yeah. Okay. Once I said it out loud, I was like, did I just make that up? No. And as the value of this blood is skyrocketed, all of a sudden, we get some party crashers. And they are none other than Pearl and Nash. 
They can also fly. I don't think we've established that. And Angel's just like, really? Now? Now is the time that they're here. And we have a little bit of an unangel moment here. The two of them are gloating over Angel, like, we're going to kill you for betraying us. And Angel just goes, Pearl, Nash, I know I betrayed you. Let me explain why. And then what should have happened is Angel being the guy who's not big on talking and, you know, relatively good at fighting, just should have jumped the two of them. But instead announces himself and just goes, You're psychotic bastards and you need to be put down! And he attacks him with a broken curtain rod. Don't announce yourself, idiot. Yeah. And Faith has resolved that this has gone too far and she needs to find a way to turn Angel human. Probably don't do it right now, that seems like a bad plan. But she's thinking about it nonetheless. Faith, not known for her brains. So, basically there's a big fight. Faith and Angel are fighting these two. Pearl and Nash are just beating up on them like crazy. And all these other demons are trying to get the last of the Moira blood, and it's this whole just massive back and forth. Yes. And we find out that Nash and Pearl feed off of emotions such as pain, hate, and fear. So in a situation like this, the more fear and pain and hate they can cause in the room, the stronger that they will become. And Nash has one of those douchebag Macklemore haircuts. I guess. I don't know what Macklemore looks like. That hair. Okay. In the midst of all the fighting, Faith sneaks a vial of Moira blood into Nash's coat pocket. And she's like, he has the last of it! It was super convenient because as they were fighting, no one really paid attention to his pockets. And all of the demons rush Nash as he has the last of it. And Faith shows Angel. She's like, nah, I saved a little bit for myself. What up, yo? It's like, cool. Good plan. Yeah, it's like, great. Now we can use that on Giles. Except... Faith's plan all along has been to smash it over Angel's head, turn him back human, and then... I think we all want to smash something over Angel's head. Yes. And then they can try and make up for what they've done together, I guess? Just to make Angel stop. Even though if Angel was human, I don't think he'd stop. I think he'd just die quicker. Right. But Angel has a hunch, and they go into the catacombs of this lovely auction house, where they discover... Closest equivalent I can call... They walk into this laboratory where they see all of these humans that are just bubbling with extra flesh and skin, which I guess are kind of the same thing. They look like they have elephantitis. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like they have a cancer in them that has just gone on too much. And it's very much like Alien Resurrection when they find all of those attempted Ripley clones that are all like, kill me, kill me. It's a bad movie, but a best scene in that movie. So we find out that these are not just humanoids, but they're people. And they're the people who took the Moira blood. And it didn't work for them. Right. So generally speaking, the people who took the Moira blood after all of the magic in the world ended, the ones who were successful were the ones who took it pre-Buffy destroying the seed. Thanks, Buffy. But now if you take it, the Moira blood doesn't stop replicating your cells once you're back to kind of zero. It's like overactive cancer. It makes you the elephant man. Right. But everywhere. Everywhere. And also, because of its healing factors, you never die. Even if you want to. You just keep replicating over and over and over and over again. So if you cut off your arm, it's going to just grow back, but also with all of the weird tumors on it. And the, like, chaos and angels, like, I'll get right to that, but only if you help me. So he brings him in the- Awful, by the way. Really bad angel so he brings them into the fight because pearl and nash can't kill them because they're unkillable they're unkillable basically 
And all of the human elephant men just cause havoc, and Pearl and Nash are forced to retreat. And then Angel lives up to his promise, and he decapitates one of the elephant men. And they're like, wait, we can die? He's like, yeah, generally speaking, you cut the brain off from the body, that's going to be it. And they all just kind of line up to be decapitated. And this is super dark. Yep, because it's just Angel and Faith killing people out of mercy, but also also just really gross. Super messed up that Angel made Faith do it, too. I feel like he just should have done it himself. I'm not sure that he made Faith. Faith just kind of jumps in. Yeah, it's super nasty. It's very... mm, It's a dark note. It is a dark note. But we see Pearl and Nash return to Whistler and they're like, Hey, actually, you know what? We got a bit of more blood. Thanks for helping, Faith. Yeah, because they're like, this will be perfect for what we're planning. We don't know what they're planning. But it's just kind of infinite pain. Whistler, who is a big fan of fedoras, picks his worst fedora ever. It's a snazzy checkerboard. With like a red sash on it. I hate that hat. That is such a weird thing to hate. And back at our main story, Faith goes to Nadira. She's like, hey, I found those, you know, guys that you hate, Pearl and Nash. And I'm going to take them out. And Nadira's like, oh my god, thank you so much. That will bring me so much peace. I'm definitely not going to be a major annoyance this season with all my whining. I believe her. I don't. And Faith returns home to go find Angel reading the Watcher Diaries. And he's wearing reading glasses. And Faith makes fun of him for his reading glasses, but Angel's basically like, whatever. And Angel tells Faith something that's accurate to the lore. If you needed glasses before you were a vampire, you need them also when you are a vampire. And these watchers have such tiny handwriting that he needs it. There's one scene in season four of Angel when he's evil and Angelus where he's wearing glasses and he just throws them down because he just took them off of, I think it was a librarian or something. He's like, these don't make me any smarter. Just threw them on the ground. So I don't think Angel actually needs them, but this might be connected to another thing. Weird. So... Angel is back to square one on trying to figure out how to resurrect Giles. And Faith is like, look, I'm going to tell you this now because you're less obsessive now that your first plan didn't work out. But he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to back you because you backed me so many times. But I'm going on record here saying I think it's a terrible idea and it is the opposite of what Giles would have ever wanted. And if this starts to go south, I'm going to stop you myself. Which in all fairness, Faith probably could. And Angel's like, good, that's exactly why I wanted you here because... When I was Twilight, I didn't have anybody that I trusted to kind of knock me back down when I got too crazy. Also, shut up, idiot. It's your own fault. It totally is. And Angel puts back on his reading glasses. He's like, I'm going to stay down here for a while. And Faith's like, I'm going to go get some food. Do you want me to get you anything? And then Angel's voice turns very British for a second. I'm not British. I don't know why you're looking at me to do the dialogue. Well, because you started. A spot of tea would be delightful if you... You're all done. You don't get to do that anymore. So, Angel, in a British accent that I'm not going to attempt, says, A spot of tea would be delightful if it won't put you out. Which, apparently, makes Angel sound exactly like Giles. And Faith calls him out on it. She's like, oh, that was really good. He's like, what was good now? She's like, don't you know what you did? Okay, never mind. Earl Grey coming up. And we see... Angel behind her with his reading glasses on, looking over them, with a book open in his hand, and he does look quite Giles-esque. But we move on to our, as we generally do in these situations, a one-shot following our first arc. 
And we also get an artist change of this one, art being done by Phil Noto. And this one shot is titled In Perfect Harmony. You'll never guess who's back. Harmony! So Angel's basically saying, I kind of missed being a detective. It was really fun being an... A P.I.? Angel Investigations. A dick. And so he's like, I, I missed it all. I missed that somebody would come to me saying, I need your help. And then he'd go help them. And it was great. And he gets a knock at the door and he opens it up and it's Harmony. With a pink cowboy hat. And Clem with some puppies. Pomeranians? I think so. I think they're supposed to be Pomeranians. And Harmony greets Angel with a big, hey! And then a shriek. Uh, Harmony is equally annoying and also such a great character. She really got to shine on the last season of Angel acting as his secretary. Executive assistant, as Harmony very quickly corrects us. That's the best we ever got in Harmony is that last season of Angel. Yeah. Technically the longest running character. She went from the pilot of Buffy to the last episode of Angel. Hmm. She wasn't in the first episode of Buffy, but she wasn't the pilot. Well, there you go. But we find out that Harmony has come to Angel because she trusts no one else to figure out who is trying to blackmail her with her own... Sex tape. Well, it's a sex tape, but the bigger issue is that she sires a human during the sex tape. Which is a big no-no. And as we're going to find out later in this issue she's had a previous 12 sex tapes released yes but basically she's like look if this ever got out it would totally reverse all of the good work that i've done to let humans and vampires live together rather peacefully and so we can't just have a video of me siring somebody out and about we've got to figure out who sent it i really like faith in this issue harmony shows up in faith's like who are you and harmony's like you know who i am and faith's like i have no idea and Angel gives a quick rundown. He's like, yeah, Cordelia's high school friend. She slept with Spike for a while, and then she was my secretary. And Faith gets kind of crappy for a moment, and I really like it. She's like, you know what? Everyone says I'm the slutty one, but I'm the only one around her who hasn't slept with Spike. That's a really good point. Also, looking at you, Angel. We all know. So Faith and Angel are put on a case to save Harmony's reputation and her general celebrity status. Faith and Angel don't really get it, why Harmony is all of a sudden a celebrity, but... They can understand the importance of not killing a bunch of humans, and if Harmony can prevent that, then it's in their best interest to help her, as much as they are not interested in helping her. So they start looking through Harmony's hate mail, because Clem has kept it for her in a nice, neat stack. And they decide that their first stop will be to a group of vampires... Who have started siring other humans, but because there's no more magic in the world, they are more powerful but less intelligent than their true vampire sires. Yeah. And this is one of those kind of slip-ups we have by covering an arc-to-arc basis versus an issue-to-issue between Buffy and Angel. Because we are introduced here to Zompires, which will be a phrase that is coined over on Buffy. We'll find more about them in the next episode. And also, I'm curious how the name Zompires that Xander comes up with on a whim reaches Angel in England. I don't know. It's never really explained. And as these vampires are about to literally tap these humans like a keg... Oh yeah, there's some humans hanging upside down. They're a blood bag, a la Mad Max. Second time I got to say a la. 
Boo to Mad Max. Yes to Mad Max. Angel and Faith emerge from the bushes and they start killing vampires and zompires alike. And Harmony also jumps out because she's like, I can't believe that you guys are doing this. And they're like, your ass looks fat. Well, yeah, I guess a little bit. And, and she's she's very upset about and it. And that Harmony freaks out. The voice in this is perfect. It's 100% Harmony. She just comes running and she's like, I'm retaining blood. Oh, it is so on now. And she starts killing vampires. But one of the vampires is like, I read an Us Weekly. Her downfall is her dogs. She loves them so much. Go rip out their furry little throats. And they approach Clem and he's like, He's like, I can't actually run away because I pulled my hamstring during a strip aerobics class, but it's fine because I also took a self-defense class. And these snakes pop out of Clem's face, which is interesting. This is the first time we've seen this face on. We've seen this before in Buffy season seven. We saw Clem reveal his aggressive snakeness from behind, but this is the first time we've seen it in an aggressive manner and also facing front. Yes, and we find out that Clem significantly managed to thin the ranks of these zombies and vampires zompires zompires and angel's a little weirded out by all of this because one of the vampires who who survived this ordeal he's like oh my god there's another sex type of you coming out i bought your first 12 also the 3d re-releases he's like can you sign this one which is weird because he says that he's bought all 12 of her sex tapes and he asks her to sign one that has the number 13 on it well whatever which is a comic does she have 13 or 14 sex tapes whatever so angel and faith use their quick deduction skills that these vampires weren't actually the ones that had the original sex tape otherwise they just would have sold it for a lot of money given how famous harmony is so then we cut back and clem is giving harmony a pedicure because what else does one do in a situation like this and Harmony's listing off her possible enemies she has Peta. she has the people that she killed she has kat von d and Dita Von Tees, who are two celebrities. I'm not sure if they're real or not. They both are. Oh. Kat Von D used to be on this reality show that I used to watch called Miami Inc. And then she got her own show. And Dita Von Tees is big into burlesque. Why do I know these things and you don't? This is out of my realm. Really? It's more out of mine. But Except for TLC. I know them all from TLC. And Angel's like, all right, let's go through the list. We'll figure it out. And she's like, what list? I don't know who I killed. Like, I don't know anything about that. He's like, how do you not remember who you killed? She's like, I don't remember anybody. I moved on. You gotta move on, Angel. And she's like, you don't remember everyone who killed? He's like, I remember everybody. She's like, yeah, cool. So that's your own problem. You have to move forward, Angel. Otherwise, you're just gonna keep on being the same jackass on top of a rooftop. The irony being that he's already been on a rooftop. He's that jackass. And they start going from location to location of people who potentially hate Harmony. They go to a bar. They go to a cemetery. They go to another bar where Harmony takes her top off for some reason. People are chanting her name. And Faith's like, oh, those are so fake. And then they go to a swanky party where Harmony tries to seduce David Tennant. She wants to see something that gets bigger than it looks, and it's not a TARDIS. It's a penis. Clem is sitting on this couch just watching this whole thing happen and just looks so sad. So they're wandering back around and they're like, look, there's no motive. There's no opportunity. Like, I don't understand why somebody did this and then why they sent you the copy of the sex tape. It doesn't even make any sense. Why are they blackmailing you when they could just sell it and make more money? 
because apparently your sex tapes sell like hotcakes. And all of a sudden, they realize that it's Clem. Clem is the one blackmailing her. Angel came to the conclusion. Good for Angel. Clem tries to come up with a few reasons why he tried to blackmail Harmony, but then he comes up with a real one, and it's because he loves Harmony. And he wanted to fake a blackmail attempt so that then he could make it go away and he would look like the hero, except then Harmony brought an angel in faith and then it ruined Clem's whole plan. And he could also get the money to get all of his skin tightened up so the two of them could be together. Because Harmony, as she mentions, only dates tens. So with great fame comes great responsibility to only boink people as hot as you. And Clem actually takes that as like a legitimate reason that they can't be together. And he goes, hadn't thought about that. Clem is such a hanger-on. Yeah. And so they decide to go for a mud bath before a hot stone massage. And Clem's like, that sounds good. Makes my skin feel soft. And Angel's like, are you kidding me? This whole thing just happened and we got dragged into this and and we hurt a lot of people and it was just because of this and they're just going to give it up? And Harmony tells Angel that he needs to let go. And she talked to her PR people and she gave him a plan that would fix his image. Because Angel needs a bit of an image change after, you know, the whole trying to suck everyone into another dimension thing. Where even he admitted, he's like, but I was going to bring over the good people. Yeah. And then he throws the PR plan away. He's like, no, I need to be sad. And Faith stares at it for a second longer. Like, she might possibly be the one to go pick it up. But in the end, they both walk away from the trash can with the envelope firmly inside. You said you didn't like this last one as much. It just, it felt kind of fillery. It was more fun to go back through it than it was to read it the first time, which sounds weird. Yeah, and I mean, every season from this point on is going to get a little bit shorter and a little bit shorter until we're down to a more concise season. Yeah. Because we do have a bit of the filler. But honestly, I like seeing Harmony with Angel again. The two of them haven't been together since the finale of Angel when Angel's like, you're betraying me, you're betraying me right now. She's like, I am not. He's like, you don't have a soul. She's like, I might if you had confidence in me. And then she thinks that he's about to die. She's like, can I get a letter of recommendation? He's like, yeah, it's already on the desk. She's like, you're the best. And then she leaves. And then he punches Adam Baldwin in the abs and he doesn't move. No. And then he gets thrown through a pillar. Yeah. And then there's a commercial break. Have he, you seen this episode once or twice? And then he throws him up to the top balcony and he kind of hits the Wolfman Hart sign and he does this whole thing. He's like, you're gutter trash. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Sounds like Aladdin. <laughs> Street rat scoundrel i liked that faith and harmony got to interact because they never really never yeah interacted before so that was kind of fun because they're both such long time ongoing characters who've really done a fair amount in terms of shaping the plot of everything but they've just just never interacted yeah their paths never really crossed before this. so i kind of liked that and i liked how much faith hated everything that harmony stood for i guess it was just that i liked how quick that arc was it was four issues. It didn't need more. It didn't feel rushed. And then we got a one shot that didn't really tie into it. It wasn't terrible. All of everything we just read could have been on TV. And not that that necessarily needs to happen. Part of the cool part about being a comic is that it doesn't have to be TV budget wise. But I kind of liked that it felt a little bit closer to the whole world. It didn't feel so outstandingly epic. It was, again, more character driven. Yeah. And. I mean, we'll get into it as we go. This season as a whole is going to be not quite where we need to be, but we're going to be inching a little bit closer to what the comics 
for an adaptation of the show should 100% be. And overall, we're off to a good start. Yeah, I quite like the start of season nine. But we'll be back next week to see what's happening with Buffy in San Fran, Cisco. Where can you find us? show can be found over on editorsnotecomics.com, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The podcast is on most podcasting platforms, but most importantly, iTunes and YouTube. On iTunes, if you could rate, review, subscribe, we'd appreciate it. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Send an email our way. Yeah, we want to hear from you because right now I'm just talking to a microphone. And if you like what we do over here, you want to get some more show earlier than anyone else, go over to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. One dollar a month will get you this show a week early every week. And it will also get you my other show, the Editors Note Comics podcast, a day early, which is a topical and new show of things I just feel like talking about or feel mandated to based on whatever's happening in pop culture at the time. And you get to talk to Jared there. But if enough people do Patreon, it means that I can get Dunkaroos again. Which will bring me a lot of joy. Yes, because that's what it says the goal is. Dunkaroos, not more recording equipment. Um, I work for Dunkaroos. I don't work for recording equipment. But we'll be back next week. I don't know. Until then, You're trying don't to come up with a catchphrase? Drink rancid blood, I guess. Ew, no one did that anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, bye.